This is a message that was recorded at Word of Life, a London City Church in Lewisham, London. May God bless you as you listen. Let's welcome them. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a privilege. It's been long in coming, but we're so glad that they're able to be here today. Um, and just to just give some, you know, give, give, and I'm sure they will introduce themselves. Um, but I want to say to us that despite the fact that the name is Teen Challenge, and that implies, you know, that they're only ministering to teenagers, that's actually not the case, okay? Most of the members of their team are in their 20s, you know, and some even older. And each young man has had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. And, and they're seeking God. And what, they, what Teen Challenge is all about is they want to see people touched by Jesus. And they're going to do, do that even today by sharing testimonies, and bringing a life-changing message, okay, based on the hope that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the gospel. So I want us to be alert today, to be ready, to be expectant of what God is going to do through them. So without any further ado, I'm just going to invite you to come and minister. Let's welcome them. I know it's me meant to do a presentation today, but can't we just go back into a time of worship? Hey? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I feel the joy of the Lord in this place, you know. Thank God. Yeah, but my name's Michael. I'm leading a team from uh, Teen Challenge London today. I'm a support worker and also the outreach coordinator within uh, Teen Challenge London. As, uh, as you'll see when the guys get up to share, their teenage years are well behind them. Bless you guys. <laughs> but yeah, Teen Challenge, is, uh, we're from the London Teen Challenge, but Teen Challenge started in 1958 uh, in America, New York. It was, uh, made fa- the story of it was made famous by, a, a man, uh, by the film and book, The Cross and the Switchblade. It was started by a man uh, known as uh, Pastor David Wilkerson, who one day was just in his, ooh, ooh, almost went over, eh? Praise the Lord. He was sitting in his study, a bit more steady than what I'm standing in front of you now. But he was sitting in his study, and he just felt to pick up this magazine. And in, the ti- in, this, in this magazine, there was a story of, of uh, these five young boys have murdered another young boy. And they were up on a murder charge, and they were, they were in court on, on, on charge for this murder. And David Wilkerson really felt it on his heart to go and speak to these young boys, even though they were on trial. So he left his his home in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and went all the way to New York. He went, he walked into the courtroom, and got into, and then 
picture of him as he's coming out. The press got a picture of him holding his Bible. He thought it brought shame on his family and himself. But little did he know that this was going to be the gateway to get him to speak to those that he needed to speak to. Because as he was walking around the streets, and these streets were rife with crime and, and gangs and, and drugs, just rife. And as, this, as David Wilson was walking around the streets, the young gang members would call out, look, that's the pastor that got his photo taken. He got thrown out of court. The police don't like him either. And that was his, that was his way into these gangs. And through a series of, of only uh, God-given events, you know, he managed to speak to these boys. He was standing on a street corner preaching. And one of the gang leaders named Nicky Cruz, who was, he, was, he was wicked beyond belief. He walked up to David Wilkerson and he said, Preacher, if you don't stop preaching, I'm going to cut you into a thousand pieces. David Wilkerson turned around to him and said, If you cut me into a thousand pieces, every piece will turn back to you and tell you that Jesus loves you. And Nicky Cruz didn't know how to handle this. See, he had lived a life of just hate and violence. And over these next couple of weeks, the love of God was beginning to stir within him. And at an event that he, he went to when Pastor Wilkerson was speaking to all the gangs, Nicky Cruz gave, laid, down his, laid down his weapons and gave his life to the Lord. And through, <laughs> hallelujah. And through him laying his life down and giving his life to, to Jesus, his whole gang gave their lives to Jesus. Hallelujah. But what David Wilkerson realized is the encounter was brilliant. The encounter with Jesus was great, but it wasn't enough for these guys entrenched so much in this lifestyle. They needed to be taken out of that and put in a, in a, in a home and being discipled. And this is where the first teen challenge was birthed in, in, in Brooklyn, New York. Today we're in uh, 125 countries. We have 1,400 centers. which makes us the most well-connected drug rehabilitation centre globally. More than that, we hold uh, an 80% success rate of, of guys completing and graduating the programme, staying clear from drugs after a five-year period. You consider that next to the, the, the uh, most successful non-religious rehab, after a one-year period, their success rate is 5%. That's the difference that Jesus makes in someone's life. But listen, Teen Challenge is hard, man. These guys, when they come in, it's a cross between a military boot camp and a monastery. You know, because these guys that have done what they want, when they want, how they want, for so many years, they didn't listen to anyone. They're suddenly taught that they cannot live that way. So they get out there, get woken up at quarter past seven in the morning. First thing they have to do is, is clean their rooms, clean their shower, hoover, and then make their beds without creases. And then what a, st a staff member will come round and he'll run his finger along the skirting boards just to make sure there's no dust. Some of these guys don't know how to take care of themselves, but this structure is put in place so they can. More than that, we, we do different biblical teachings through the day, such as growing through failure, loving and accepting myself, Attitudes, temptation, 
all biblical principles that can be practically applied. And, and teaching such as growing through failure and loving and accepting myself. For the one that's been caught up in, in drug life for so many years is so key and important. Because I think what you'll find is a lot of the root cause of addiction is rejection. You know? We've also now got a reuse centre where we get donations of second-hand furniture and then sell it on. And the guys come over in the, in the afternoon and do their work duties over there. Again, some of them have never worked before, so they're learning a good work ethic while they're over there. So we're a holistic ministry. They're getting fed, they're getting built up physically, emotionally, spiritually, and also learning what it means to them skills to, to take life. So I think if we could just show the, the, the video, we've got a short video just to, just to show you a bit more of what we do at Teen Challenge London. Thank you. Hi, my name is John Maxwell, and I am privileged to be an advisory board member at Global Teen Challenge. And Global Teen Challenge and Teen Challenge are doing transformational life leadership around the world. I love leadership, but I love the fact that leaders can be part of transformation. I know no organization in the world that's doing a greater job transforming the lives of people than Global Teen Challenge and Teen Challenge. These ministries are truly I know no organization in the world that's doing a greater job transforming the lives of people than Global Teen Challenge and Teen Challenge. These ministries are truly making a difference. Lives are truly being changed. And I just love the opportunity to share with you that these people are people that you can invest in time, volunteer time, money. You can give your best to them because they are giving their best. Working in areas notorious for drug use, crime and poverty, Teen Challenge London's outreach bus goes out six nights a week. Feeding the homeless for over a decade, the bus goes to Brixton, Whitechapel, Hackney Central, Ealing Broadway, Waterloo and Stratford. The ministry saw over 19,000 meals given out in 2012 alone, and it has been a stop shop offering support and prayer for thousands. I just go in, I when I was on the street, I was hopeless. When I came on ministry bus in White Chapel, and I asked guys, can you help me? After that, I, I went into the challenge program, and I understand now what only one way for every people to, to change lives. Enough cleaning on these streets? But, you know, the on these streets, the the people ways. out there come here, you know, they want to sort of take a chat and maybe have a conversation, but the others are just sort of ignore it and walk past. But, you know, the great thing is every week, there's always, you know, at least one person who's stopped and speak to you. Team Challenge are brilliant. They're always there to support you. They support, they're not judgmental of what your past is. Um, they don't frown at you for what you have done, they accept you for who you are, and they're there for guidance. smile. I have some people's lives changed here. 
I have seen people's lives change here and food is practical and help and um, you just have to keep on persevering. Hi, how are you Andy? Are you good? And yeah, I, I really enjoy it because you get to meet the locals, people who come and use the service every week. And it's really nice. And you do see a change. They've got permanent housing. And they've obviously been to the drop-in centre. Sea Challenge also launched E-Games, a grassroots work for those caught up in gang culture and utilises prevention and intervention methodology in offering a safe passage out of the gang life. But we'll work with any area, we try to work with the parents, we will help with schooling, we help with education, relocation, ultimately we will try and help them to get a job, get employment. And the program we've developed at E-Gang is helping to identify the specific areas where the individual wants help. We try to show these young people love. Okay, we train these by our actions, by our words, by our deeds. So what's the tea gang? It is our most important Team Challenge works in partnerships with organisations, charities and agencies throughout London providing drop-in centres run by support workers. With four drop-in centres located around London, Monday to Friday, service users get help with housing, Applications, work, and counselling for drug I'm a full-time outreach worker. Help with their clothes, help with their sleeping bags. They need to feed them as well. Maybe they need help with filling out forms. Give them help with that. Or help with their housing. Help with their addictions. They need people to listen to. I'm going to stay with those people because, um, you know, I know what it feels like. Really, that's the bottom line. I know what it feels like to sit on a bench, to have nobody, you know, you, you, you're hurting. And the world's just going by you, you feel like you're not connected to the world. God telling you, if you choose to go with God, it will be bless you, multiply you. And I want to be blessed, I want to be... And one day, multiply. Really I will die. It's so hard, this word for me was. And, I and what I, came in my room I understand, if I go out from the challenge, that's waiting me outside. And, I, and I one day, really, I, I will die. And, and I and came in my room I after class, lay in bed, and tears running from my eyes. And I, I telling God, I, I want to choose life, I want to be with you. Uh, on this night, I feel 
God's love God for me, for my sins. how God loved me, and I find first time what is giving choice, what is real God's love. Uh, for this choice is send his son on this earth, and what is that for my sins? And I find first time After in my life what is real God's love. I was in the chapel one night, and I just cried out to God from my heart. You know, I was at that point where I started to realise it was actually something about this place, you know. After six weeks of me being on the programme, I was in the chapel one night and I just cried out to God from my heart, you know. I was at that point where all my feelings were starting to come back, you know, all the people that I'd hurt, all the, all the wrong things that I'd done. And, and I said, Lord, if you're real, I want you to come into my heart. And, like, Please forgive me for all the things I've done. I tried everything. I want to live completely for you. I, I just give myself completely to you. I, I just surrender everything to you. When I was caught up in my drug addiction, I was living every day. Every day was the same. I tried everything. I tried everything to get off my feet. I couldn't do it. The centre has seen hundreds finish its 12-month program over the years and successfully challenge has a 20-bed rehabilitation home in Ilford that has been running since 1999. The centre has seen hundreds finish its 12-month program over the years and successfully reintegrated into society and back with their families. The centre has a large staff team comprised of former addicts and gang members whose lives have been radically changed from desperation and addiction to hope and life restored. Yeah, you, you see that, that bus, the average bus that goes out five nights a week to different areas of London. You know, and it's just, it's great to be able to just sit with these guys who come and see us and be fed like, uh, warm chilli and rice, uh, hot chocolate, teas, coffees. You know, and then when the opportunity arises, we, we like to feed them spiritually as well. Prayer is always offered, you know. I just want you to think, of, uh, think for a moment of the uh, Teen Challenge started in 1958 in over 125 countries with 1,400 centres. Just think of all the men and women that have gone through that, that program in that time. And then think of the ma family members who have been touched as well. And then think of all those that others that have been touched by those that have come through the program, that have been touched by Jesus. The number is just innumerable. But that's just the God that we serve. Hallelujah. So, I think now we should have a bit of a, another a live testimony. What do you say? Hey, hallelujah. I'd like to invite Danny up, please. You got one, yeah? Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good morning, church. Yeah, first I'd just like to say that um, without God, I wouldn't be standing here today. That's just, that's a fact. Um, thank you, Pastor, for having us here this morning as well. Um, Right, so my name's Danny, by the way. Um, I grew up in Essex. Um, pretty normal upbringing, really. I had four, I've got four um, siblings. Um, yeah, we had a pretty normal upbringing, really. Um, I was always a bit different from the others for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I always sort of struggled to fit into normality, really. So I was always searching for something different and you know when I was about 11 years old I started hanging around with older boys 
and like just do it, getting up to things that I shouldn't do really. Um, I can't really say that it's like it was anything to do with my upbringing apart from um, there was a lot of fighting and arguing in the family so that sort of rubbed off on me and so I always was a bit of a fighter like just getting into scraps and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, yeah, up until about 13, 14, pretty normal kid really, stayed in school, done all the normal things, you know, like wasn't really um, anything out of the ordinary, but I found, um, I got introduced to cannabis when I was about 13, 14, and um, that really was when things started to sort of go in a different direction for me. Um, I had two older sisters who were pretty um, normal, I'd say, like they sort of stuck in school and was always sort of encouraging to me and stuff, so um, they would always try and steer me back the other way, but for whatever reason, I sort of went off and done my own thing and... Um, yeah, started getting in trouble like with the police and stuff for silly things, really. Um, I ended up meeting the mother of my children when I was 17. She was 15. Um, so when I was 18, we had our first child. And we were not in any position, really, capable to look after a child. Um, I, we lived at my parents' house for a little while. She didn't get on with her parents and stuff, but it wasn't a great relationship. And with all like the responsibility of that, it just sent me a little bit deeper into um, a lot. I started becoming not just a recreational user of cannabis, but fully addicted to cannabis. And Kate used to drink a lot, so it was drink and cannabis, and and then other drugs started to get introduced but um, when I was 18 I ended up going to prison um, just for very petty crimes really but it was repetitive um, and I ended up sort of this was our life really f until I got to I was 23 I think and um, I was in Chelmsford prison and a group called Tough Talk came in to do a presentation in the prison. So basically, I used to go to the chapel just to get, like, for something to do, really. And um, a group came in, and they were sharing testimonies. And something that really stuck out to me was that um, this guy was saying that he'd, he was now nine years clean from a heroin addiction, and he's serving Jesus. And he said his wife's just had a baby, and he weren't, I, I, I realised that he weren't actually getting paid to do this either. It weren't his job. He was just off his own back going to share this testimony. He was talking about Jesus, 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 like like, he, like a real person. Like he knew this guy and this person had really sort of transformed and changed his life. And it just didn't make, I thought, what was going on here? Because I, I just thought to myself, he's either lying, but he's got nothing to gain from it. He's got no, like, it just didn't make sense that he would be making it up. So it sort of got me thinking. And, and so I was started asking questions and that. And I remember this guy, 
the chaplain there, he, um, before I got released, he came round to my cell about three days before I got released and he said, can I pray with you? And um, so I prayed, like we prayed, or he prayed, and he gave me a Bible. And I just started reading this Bible. And um, it was totally not like I expected that it was going to be. And um, it just, none of it just, it was just so, I thought, there was, like, details in there. If he was going to make it up, it was just unnecessary to put it in there. Like, it wasn't like, it was totally unexpected from what I'd, you know, heard things about it. And I said, God, if you're real, I want to know you. I want to know who you are. So, I, God spoke to me, started to speak to me through the scriptures. I started seeing that the way that I was living was, the, was separating me from, from knowing him and his love. So that sort of journey started there. I got, um, I had a bit of a spiritual experience on the motorway on the way home from prison, which I can't really explain, but something happened to me where I just realised God was real. Like there was something real about this. Um, so me and Kate had another child. We sort of got a bit sorted out at the time, and I was working and stuff, but I, I just couldn't stop smoking and drinking and so cut a long story short things got even worse um the children got taken away from us i went to prison again my parents ended up getting my children and so when i came out i bumped into a friend who'd um, become a born again christian and there was something so different about her that i had to go to this church she invited me to this church and so I ended up going down to the church and it was like, when I walked in, it was so strange because it was like I was meant to be there. There was something like I'd never experienced like the warmth and the love that I'd felt there ever in my life. Even, dare I say, like from my own family. It was strange. And I remember this song came on and it was um, the words... It was almost like the song was written for the spiritual experience that I had on the motorway a couple of years previous. It just sort of blew my mind. So, and then I got prayed for and I sort of gave my life to Christ. I can't remember the timeline and stuff, but I ended up getting baptised and becoming a member of this church. And um, I ended up getting, getting clean for a bit. Um, getting a job, working for the church, volunteering. Started My children started um, staying with me at weekends. It was mad because um, at the time the council said to me that I, was not, I wasn't eligible to get a flat because the kids weren't living with me. And then I, little did I know my mum was like bidding online. There's a bidding system thing online. I don't really know much about it, but she phoned me up. She went, Dan, you got a flat. I was like, well, what do you mean I've got a flat? Like, have you got your glasses on sort of thing? Have you read it properly? And anyway, so I got a little flat right around the corner from this church. It was literally, it was a miracle. Um, I, I met a guy called James who was part of um, a recovery ministry um, called Celebrate Recovery. It's kind of like AA and CA, but more Christ-focused. Um, I started going to that. I actually got five years... Um, completely sober um, and then about 
four years ago, um, a pastor and stuff left the church and, you know, a lot of stuff changed and I started sort of slipping back and I realised that I put, I was more sort of, even though I knew Jesus and I've had this spiritual experience, I don't think I fully made him Lord of my life. I kind of made the works and the church and the people, it was all about, sort of more about that and I ended up, some really, um, some stuff happened in the family that was quite um, tragic, which I ended up sort of relapsing and drinking again. I had my children, both my children living with me at this point as well, so I'd got a house, um, I was working, the children were back with me full time and I kept relapsing over a period of about four years and then sort of up, down, up, down, and this is this is how um, miraculous God works. So I prayed to move from a house because it it wasn't a good space for me, and um, I ended up getting this house next door. One of the guys who the, the guy Paul Day's on there from Exit Foundation, I ended up moving next door to him, and then doing a job for him, like doing his patio and that, and then he sort of was like, are you all right? And sort of started having these chats, and he suggested Teen Challenge and whatnot. And the only thing that was holding me back from going, because when lockdown hit, I really went, like, really downhill. And, um, and then it, I couldn't even hide it from the kids anymore. Like, they started seeing it, and my friends from church had to look after my children for a little while. Um, and then a friend of mine, their youth pastor, um, got blessed with a house. This is mad, right? She looks after teenagers um, that are in trouble, like their parents are in rehab or prison or whatever. And she's been looking after homeless teenagers for a number of years now. And um, God blessed her a house in Loughton. And she offered to look after Kayla and Tyler for me while I do the program. <laughs> So that's, that's all that side of things. While I've been in um, Team Challenge, I've been learning how to, um, you know, live properly, you know, live disciplined life, get into the scripture, learn about how I can actually um, apply these spiritual principles to my life instead of just going to church on a Sunday and feeling a little bit good and then just sort of living my own way the rest of the week. Um, God's really teaching me, discipling me, teaching me how to, to live as a true disciple for him. So I'm so thankful for Team Challenge. And um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Thank you. He won't mind me saying, but he's had a bit of a, a, a long programme, haven't you, mate? Because he's... Because, what, as I say, the teen challenge is in the name. The men get challenged, okay, on certain behaviours and attitudes. And Dan took a, took a while to, to realise that we wasn't going to change. He had to change. <laughs> but thank God about a couple of months ago, so he was held back and he was held back uh, about three, three months, I think it is. But about three months ago, he finally submitted and said and surrendered. 
Praise the Lord. And yeah, now he's yeah, totally different, to just getting on with the program and doing what he needs to do. You know, so we're going to take a second testimony now. We're going to invite Jack up. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. Well, it's amazing to be with you here this morning. And uh, just thank you for inviting us and, and, and for us uh, being here uh, today. It's a real honor, a privilege, and a blessing. So uh, my life was centered uh, a lot around lies. You know, the enemy had tried to come in, fill me with lies, probably from the age of about um, 15. Um, I just heard this morning, it was a beautiful worship, by the way. It's, it's an amazing worship team you have. I really felt the flow and the freedom in the spirit. And um, um, so... Um, yeah, the enemy, the devil had tried to come in with lies from about the age of 15. Um, I had gone through a, a bereavement in my family. My, my dad, who was a Christian man, um, sadly passed away and it left me very confused. I was uh, a young man in secondary school. The first one I went to was very uh, much, I was a, a, a jack the lad, you know. I was... Um, the popular boy, the one, uh, you know, everyone wanted to be, or, you know, if you, if you, if you want to say that. But it was when I got uh, moved to a different school that uh, things uh, changed for me a lot. Uh, and that's when the enemy tried to come in uh, and create strongholds, create lies, left me hang around with the wrong sort of people. From then... Uh, um, I started to smoke, I started drinking, I started to uh, experiment with cannabis, my brother had introduced me to, and from the age of about 15 to uh, 21, uh, that was uh, a lot of um, what my life really had been, it had been drinking, smoking, um, and uh, yeah, addiction. Um, and then from the age of 21, that's when God came back into my life. Um, I had come from a Christian home, but never really knew God. I never knew the power of God. I never knew a relationship with God. I never knew intimacy with God. I never knew I could have friendship uh, with God. Um, so from the age of 21, God started bringing me back to a uh, relationship um, with him. It was very uh, uh, slow. It, it, it was a slow, slow uh, journey um, back to him uh, because I had been involved in different places. I've been involved in different rehabs, different, uh, different programs, different um, um, uh, settings, I'd done missionary work, I'd done the whole lot. Um, I'd had encounters with God. I remember uh, I was at uh, a place before and the fire of God had come upon me and I was laying on the floor and I was shaken under the power of God and um, the Holy Spirit had filled me. Found is that you can have a touch from God, but you need to outwork that in your life. 
And that is what really uh, the ministry of, of, of Teen Challenge uh, has helped me to do uh, over this past uh, 14 months of me um, coming uh, inside uh, the center. Um, there were still things that I was holding on to. There were still things I hadn't surrendered. There were still things that I was uh, struggling with and, and not knowing how to apply in my life because the Teen Challenge program, uh, like Michael was saying, it is a very tough program. It is very challenging. It will challenge you uh, on every area of your life. But God has a purpose in that. God has a plan in that. God has a way of working out his will in your life. And he did, and he still is, while um, I was um, and still am uh, on the program. So, um, yeah, what, what, as, 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 I, as I was saying, uh, God, uh, yeah, he's just keeping on helping me to build intimacy, build relationship with him, uh, grow with him, and keep going with him. Um, and, you know, um, I'm coming to the end of my program. Um, I'm not too sure, you know, what, what's going to happen in the future, but I know that, you know, God will lead me and continue to guide me in uh, everything that, um, that he is doing and going to do in my life. So thank you, church. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, praise the Lord. You know, it just it doesn't it doesn't matter if you know Jesus. You know, that doesn't mean that your troubles are gonna are gonna suddenly stop. You know, Jack grew up in a in a Christian home. Addiction doesn't care who you are doesn't care about your background, doesn't care about how well you've grown up. It will grab and bind you and hold on to you. But God makes a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have we, have we, have we heard these two testimonies today? We've heard of God, how God has brought them out of that addiction and he's given them a life of freedom. Not only spiritually and emotionally, but also he's broken down them strongholds, which you're binding them down to. So I think now, what we're going to do is the guys are going to sing for you. Eh? Praise the Lord. to me, the King of Heaven, from his throne, to my world of pain and misery, to my side when I was all alone, he reached down to me, reaching out for his embrace, I touched the wonder of his love, I found his This is higher ground in his love, a place where I 
And now they're up here singing their praises to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'd just like to invite you into three ways in which you can support the Ministry of Teen Challenge. The first way is financially. We don't receive any government funding. We rely solely on the providence of God and his people. You know, and if you would like to donate to us today, you could sign up to a, a, a direct debit, of which if you make £5 or more, then you will get a free copy of the Cross and the Switchblade. If you've already read it, then you can bless it to someone else. Hey? This is an amazing book. It really opened my eyes when I, when I first came into Teen Challenge. The second way in which you can support our ministry is through prayer. We're a frontline ministry and we need the prayers of the saints. We need the protection of God's people as we go about and do the work of the Lord. So your prayers are always valued. The third way that you can support the ministry, the Teen Challenge, is by coming, uh, becoming a volunteer. You can do this in a couple of ways. You can come and work in the reuse centre, as I mentioned, the furniture store. You can volunteer in there in various capacities. Another way you can volunteer is to volunteer on our outreach bus. And you can come out and, and just, yeah, just, just be that light in the darkness in the streets, you know. I think we have it on the 27th of, of November. Uh, speak to George. We're having an outreach training day. So if that's something that you would like to get involved in, in a bit of uh, street work, then we'd love to work alongside you and serve with you. So this is on the 27th of November. So if you're available and would like to come, then just get in contact and we can make it happen. Eh? Praise the Lord. Thank you. Now, if we return to the word of the Lord, hey, praise him. If we could turn to First uh, Colossians, please. Who's been blessed this morning, eh? Hallelujah. Give God the thanks, eh? You know, this week we, we remember those that have, that have lost their lives and laid down their lives for the freedom of others. On the 11th, the, the nation stood still as we remembered those that had laid down their lives for us. And on that, this Remembrance Sunday, I feel it's only right just to, just to recognise and honour them and thank God for them. But today I want to talk to you about a message that has been lost. You know, as we read this, 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 this in Colossians, uh, verse 24, let's read this bit of scripture. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God know, fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. 
this lost message. A message of a man who was born into this world from above. Who suffered terribly at the hands of man. Who was innocent. Who was blameless. Yet crucified by those who had come to save. A man who was risen from the, de- from the dead on the third day and who is still alive today. Still changing lives today. The message of Christ crucified. A man who laid down his life for the freedom of others. This, mes- this was the message that was revealed over 2,000 years ago. The message that had been hidden through the ages and through the generations. The message revealed that the Saviour, the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ, had come. A man who knew no sin became sin so that we may be made right with God. Jesus, the one who tore down the barrier which held, which held us back from a relationship with our Creator in heaven. This was the revelation of God's plan for the salvation of mankind. Say the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to our saints. And in these, in these times, this message has become lost. People's eyes have been blinded. Their hearts and minds have become darkened. It's become even more prevalent, the darkness which prevails over us. And at Teen Challenge, we work with some of those that have been most darkened in society. We go into the darkest places in society to reveal this message which has been hidden. And today, church, I ask you, where has this message been hidden in in our own lives? Has it been lost or hidden in lost hope? Has it been hidden by depression? Has it been has it has the message of, of Christ crucified, the power of Christ lost its meaning in our lives? Or have you just have we just lost our desire? Maybe we've never met Jesus before in this place. We've never heard the message that Jesus come in to save you. That Jesus laid down his life for you. That he saw your brokenness and he see your sinfulness. Yet took it upon himself to come and lay down his life for you. To see you in the depths of your, in your despair and in the depths of your depression. He was hidden from me. 
He was hidden from me by addiction. I was entrenched in deep, serious drug addiction for well over a decade. I was injecting heroin and crack to the point I nearly lost my life. Through the years, I've been diagnosed with drug-induced schizophrenia, psychosis, paranoia, anxiety, and depression. I'd suffered many, many times with rejection from very young, which resulted in the first time of me trying to commit suicide at the age of 10. I was homeless when I was 16. This message of someone loving me had been lost. In my dark place, I could not see that I, was, that I was even worthy of being saved. But then God's light shined upon me. And so I pray that he is illuminating your heart and mind right now. My eyes were open to the revelation of the hope in Jesus and what he had done for me. And saints, I speak to you today. And say the same hope can be found for you. He's done exactly the same for you. He was beaten. He suffered horribly. But the Bible says that he endured the cross, despising its shame. And he endured it with joy. Why? Because he was looking past the cross and he was looking at you and he was looking at me. And he see the person in which he wanted us to become. These guys, you see these dark pictures, this is not what God wanted them to be. He wanted them to be the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Filled with purpose, filled with meaning. And as Paul speaks of in, in, in these previous verses, I rejoice in the hardships of which I've been through. So I am able to minister to those who are bound in hopelessness, those that are bound by, by, by homelessness, those that are deeply entrenched in addiction and bound in a lifestyle that goes with it. And saints, I'm a minister of the gospel to preaching to you today saying it doesn't matter if you're not if you don't have a testimony like these guys God has come to set you free in Christ Jesus from depression from rejection he wants you to live a life that is fully pleasing to him yes but full of purpose and meaning too this is why I love my Lord hallelujah this is why I stand here. This is why I, I work in Teen Challenge still. This is why I go out into the streets. So that the word of God may be fully known in the lives of others. And I just pray that as I'm speaking, that the Holy Spirit would just touch your hearts. And just reveal to you the, the things that he has placed within you. That Christ may dwell in your heart. So you may know the glory of this mystery which has been revealed. That hope which is found in his glory. Hallelujah. In chapter 3 we read, If then 
you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above. Where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above. Not on the things on earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Saints, if we're in this place and we have had Christ revealed to us, there's a world out there that hasn't yet known the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a world out there that is hurt and broken and in pain. There's a world out there who is still in darkness and despair. We have the answer. And I pray that as, as you guys have spoken today and you've heard what God is doing in and through Teen Challenge, that you will be inspired, that you will be, your, your minds and heart will become even more illuminated to the glory of what Jesus has done, that you will be inspired to go and share this message with those that don't know this message. Hallelujah. And I just pray that your hearts will be illuminated to the hope of his calling. It may be fully revealed to you in his good time. So if we could just take this moment just to bow our heads and close our eyes. And just open your hearts to your creator in heaven. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just come and just, just really rest in the fullness of your grace upon your people, Lord. I pray for those that may be in this place who don't know you. Lord, that you would just open their minds to the fullness of your gospel, Lord. You'd reveal that hidden mystery. And Lord, I pray for those that, are, that may have known you or know you, Lord, but have come away or their minds have been darkened by, des by depression or whatever it may be, Lord, you know. Lord, I just pray that you would bring healing and freedom to them right now. Lord we thank you that we have come from a victory Lord that you have laid down your life that you took every wickedness and sin upon your shoulders so that we may receive life and the fullness of it and Holy Spirit I just pray right now that you'd just come upon your people I pray for a fresh infilling in this place today the places that have been dry Lord may you saturate with your spirit in places where your people are feeling weak Holy Spirit bring strength and in the name of Jesus if any of your people are bound in this place by whatever, that you would just break that chain right now. That you would break the chain of addiction in Jesus' name. That you would break the chain of rejection in Jesus' name. 
that you would break the chain of despair in Jesus' name. That you would break the chain of inadequacy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Lord, I just pray just that your glory would fill this place. Fill our hearts and minds with your glory, oh God. We praise you in this place. Lord, reveal to us more and more as we go from this place just who you are and what you have done. Lord, we thank you for the things that you have done. Lord, we thank you for the things that you will do. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You are faithful and true. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over all your people. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have been blessed by this message, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.wordoflife-lcc.org. And remember, God loves you.